Hello everyone and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban and I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And more details are available on our website which is www.refinerylife.org. Join us right now as we, we go through the Lord's Prayer this is something we're starting to do on a regular basis. We're going back to what we should be doing from the start. There's a bit of a reformation happening. Remember, Jesus was asked how the disciples should pray. And this was his answer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If we just declare that over our lives and we pray like that every day, imagine how much God could move in our lives when we start acknowledging him for who he is. We start asking for forgiveness as we forgive others. We, we let him know that we want his kingdom to come and that it's his kingdom, his power and his glory. And today we're going to continue our series titled Finding and Following God's Guidelines. And the Lord's Prayer fits into that so well. Because it's in times like these, we're in need of God's guidance more than ever. And today we're talking about testing God's guidance. Let's pray for the offering before we go any further. We don't do offering messages at the refinery, but we do pray for that offering each week because we want to make sure that that offering gets to where it should be. Father, you do not leave us alone to manage your affairs. And we are grateful for that. Even now your spirit seeks room within us to be our helper with each and every detail of our lives. Give us the grace to see our need for his encouragement and the wisdom to follow your guidelines in any areas that we've made off limits to you. Grant that our stewardship may be strengthened as we give our tithes and offerings to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen. The text we're concentrating on today is Ephesians 5.10. It says, Trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord and letting your lifestyles be example of what is most acceptable to Him. Your behavior, expressing gratitude to God for your salvation. Powerful piece of scripture there. Trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord. And the scriptures will work through Ephesians 5, 6 through to 14. Let's read them together. It says, Let no one deceive you with empty arguments that encourage you to sin. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience who are those who habitually sin. So do not participate or even associate with them in the rebelliousness of sin. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Live as those who are native born in the light. For the fruit or the effect, the result of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord and letting your lifestyles be examples of what is most acceptable to Him, your behavior expressing gratitude to God for your salvation. Verse 11. Do not participate in the worthless and unproductive deeds of darkness, but instead expose them. 
by exemplifying personal integrity, moral courage and godly character. For it is a disgraceful even to mention the things that such people practice in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light of God's precepts. For it is light that makes everything visible. For this reason, he says, awake sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine as dawn upon you and give you light. God's guidance is available. Do you know that? We can seek it, we can receive it, and we can trust it. Information about his guidance is available in his guidebook. Let me say that again. Information about his guidance is available in his guidebook. We spoke about it last week. The Bible is a guidebook. It's like the old Lonely Planet books when we go to a different country. We can check our understanding of this through the faithful guide who is present to instruct us. And we can develop a submissive spirit to his guidance through prayer. But having followed these steps, we, make, we may still lack confidence and clarity in doing his will. We can follow the steps, but may still lack confidence and clarity. Like a do-it-yourself craft kit or a flat pack, or some of the instructions are not clear. Have you ever been to Ikea or one of those shops that sells everything as flat packs and then got home and tried to put them together? Sometimes those instructions don't really make sense. And the process is confusing and it's frustrating. And there is more to it than you originally thought. Determining God's will can sometimes be confusing. For example, when some people seem to have differing interpretations of the truth. Suppose a new Christian is working as a laborer in a company whose employees are all part of a union. And he works diligently, but a foreman from the same company who is also a professing Christian takes the hard worker aside and says, slow down, if you work too hard it will make the other workers look bad. But the laborer remembers what the Bible says in Colossians 3.23, what you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul, that is putting your very best effort, as something done for the Lord and not for men. So what should this laborer do? He's confused. Confusion in determining God's will may also result from untested principles. A person may feel that the biblical teaching about temperance with food and drink does not mean total abstinence from alcohol. That person has grown up around people who drink regularly and he's experienced the, the, the family heartache, the pain of the family heartache associated with alcohol abuse. Think of that. There's pain sometimes when our children watch what we do and then become like us. And it just doesn't seem wrong to some people to drink moderately. As time passes, you know, this person here, that he sees his teenage son observing his conduct and begins drinking secretly and not in moderation. Some of us have been there. And then the phone rings one Saturday night and the father learns the price of the influence that he's had on his son. Why we see, you know, when there, when there's a family and, and generations within a family that have been on welfare and never worked, we generally find that their children will be the same. The children of alcoholics quite often become alcoholics. The children of drug addicts often become drug addicts. Not always, but often. And the father then thinks to himself, "If only I'd considered the power of my influence on my son. 
But now it's too late. The father had heard about the principle of influence, but it hadn't been tested in his life until a tragedy happened. How can we overcome confusion and respond to God's guidance with clear obedience to his will? Firstly, we can walk in the light that we already have. Ephesians 5.8 says, For once you were darkness, not in darkness, you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Live as those who are native-born to the light. It is important to remember that all of us have been exposed to the darkness of sin and have walked in that darkness. Because we previously were in darkness, it is required that we now live in the light, listening to and following Jesus Christ. We must develop a curious and quick mind in him. We must recognize that we do not have all the answers, but that we are committed to him who does. Likewise, we will be deceived by our enemy if we don't do this. Walk in the light that you have already. Isn't this logical? If you wanted to become a long-distance runner, you wouldn't first begin to run short distance. You would first begin to run short distances. Maybe even you would start walking, and then walking and running, and then running that short distance. If your goal is to be able to speak a foreign language fluently, doesn't it follow that you first learn to speak short sentences? Our walking in the light does not mean that we always walk with as much stability as we ought to, or as we might like. But the child learning how to walk doesn't stop if some of the walking means falling down. In walking poorly, we begin to walk with stability. I often think to myself, some of these people who say, oh, you know, I, I tried church or I tried that Jesus thing or I tried Christianity, what did you try? You're either in or you're out. Commit yourself to it. If, we, if our children were starting to walk and they, they, they fell over, we, we wouldn't stop them from walking. We can test. This is the second thing now. We can test in order to approve what is acceptable to the Lord. In any school, students are tested. Though it may not always seem so, the purpose of the test is to aid the approving process. Likewise, new machinery is tested on proving grounds so the defects can be eliminated. Our conduct is subject to the testing process for the purposes of being acceptable to the Lord. But this testing, and by this testing, we experience clarity in guidance. Where does this happen? Right out in the world where the darkness is, that's where. And out here in the world, we are to rely on all the testing devices that we can, beginning with the Bible and the Holy Spirit's guidance. How comforting and strengthening is it to know that God is at work in you, both to will and work for his good pleasure. That's what it says in Philippians 2.13. In addition to the Spirit and the Word, there are at least four other testing devices. First one is the conscience of the person being tested. Our conscience is like an inner computer that stores information we've received from other resources about right and wrong. As we make decisions, our conscience either affirms or puts down the attitudes or actions that we're about to take. Through the conscience that has been exposed to the darkness is not fully trustworthy, is it? It's not fully trustworthy. Titus 1.15 says, To the pure, all things are pure, but to the corrupt and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Both their mind and their conscience are corrupted. 
when we've been taught the truth, the consigns will bear witness in the Holy Spirit. The Christians will bear witness in the Holy Spirit. Are you bearing witness in the Holy Spirit? Romans 9.1 says, I am telling the truth of Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me. Enlightened and prompted by the Holy Spirit. The second thing is the counsel of other Christians. It's another test. Believers are instructed to teach and admonish each other. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and mind, permeating every aspect of your being. As you teach spiritual things and admonish and train one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. No believer is to become our highest authority on truth. Yet more experienced believers who, who by their lives' obedience to the word should be sought for advice in these confusing issues. We need to seek out our pastors and more experienced believers. Fourth thing is how we test it is common sense. Titus 2.12 tells us that we are to live soberly. That is, we are to have a sound and healthy mind. Common sense is never to be accepted as complete sense, though. For God frequently leads us in ways that do not seem sensible. At the same time, we are to use our minds in the testing ground. And then the fourth thing that tests us is circumstances. Let's say that from your relationships with your children and with children in the church, you think that you should be a school teacher. Yet your education has not equipped you to teach. You cannot obtain a teaching certificate. Your circumstances show you that you either have to go to school again or forget this is a vocational choice. Yet circumstances alone are never sufficient as a testing device. These four things, these four aids, together with the conscience of the person being tested, the counsel of other Christians, common sense, and circumstances, plus the inspiration of God's word, may verify and clarify God's guidance. And we can reprove the unfruitful works of darkness, and we should. To reprove means to rebuke or to silence, so as to bring out conviction or confession of guilt. And we may do this by our words, but more significantly, by our conduct. Some may become uncomfortable by what we say or do, but that is the way of God in reaching the hearts of those who are in darkness. The point is that God's guidance is not offered to enable us to live sheltered lives, free from contact with people who are motivated by evil. Rather, God's guidance is offered to show us how to live and influence people in an evil world. Every person receiving God's guidance does so in the protection of the heavenly habitations. We discover God to be our refuge, and likewise, we discover that the church serves as a shelter from storms. But God's guidance must be tested in the world. This is where the light and the darkness meet. We may be frightened by the conflict, but all that God provides is more than enough as we walk in the light that we have already. As we test for the purpose of approving what is acceptable to God, 
and as we reprove the unfruitful works of darkness by our works and our deeds. And let me encourage you, as I do every week, to be diligent with your Bible study time, because God has so much more for us that we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways, because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him, and He can make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. And you're important to God, you know that already, but you're also important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal His promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And until next time, stay in the blessings.